Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We now bring in one of the best in the business, and that is Mr. Nate Bauer on 3.com, Blue White Illustrated. Sir, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. What's going on? Uh, they just point me toward whatever I talk. You know. Sure. You know, sure. You know, court, field. I can do it. So, so let me give you let me give you an analogy that Dick Girardi and I have kicked around a little bit about the Penn State basketball defense. And this is the analogy the two of us have come to. We equate Penn State's basketball defense, because Paul Keels was asking me about it at Ohio State, and I said, Paul, first 64 feet, they're fabulous. The last 30 feet are a real struggle. We equate that to a team with a great pass rush, that when they're getting sacks and hurries, the defense is playing great, and in this case, sacks and hurries would be steals, runouts, deflections, disruptions, things like that. And when the pass rush doesn't get there, the back seven gets exposed. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of on board with it. I, I would say two things. I think that defense is a want to do. Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. And so. Yes, there is an element of when they want to, they can be. They they have the length to be disruptive. They have. I mean, a guy like Kern, right? For yeah. those sixty-four feet, as you said, they they can be excellent at times, right? Now, certainly there are lineups that can't do it physically. Like they're just they're not they're not really capable of it. But when yeah. they want to, yeah. And and to be honest with you, I asked Rhodes about it yesterday in at his weekly press conference. I, I said, you know, if you're reading the body language of in-game, right, after makes, and it's not all the time, but after yeah. makes, the most demonstrative he is is when they don't get set up, right? When, when right. somebody, When somebody, when a piece of the puzzle isn't on board and doesn't execute what, whatever they're running, whether it's the press or a trap or, or what have you, clearly there are things that are designed to happen after certain makes, not all the time, but after certain makes, and he loses it because he's frustrated, not because they can't do it, but because the lineups that he has in at those moments is very capable, can do it, can be disruptive, can turn the game, but doesn't doesn't do it, and that's that's what he that's what he said yesterday. He said he said you have to want to. He's like you have to want to press. Bottom line, and and I mean Steve, I'm I'm fascinated to hear your insight on this. But years ago, I, I had a conversation that was very eye opening to me, uh, just with, with a staffer, right? And effectively, the conversation was like. The average fan, casual observer, whatever, including me at that time in my career, doesn't understand that you have five players out on the court. They don't do what you want them to do a lot. 
there's a significant portion of time where you can jump and down, up and down. You can you can scream, you can yell, you can try to put them in the right positions all you want, but they just don't do it. And you can't make subs every trip up the court. No. So, so there are certain things that you have to live with as a coach. You're hoping as much as possible that as many of the guys on the floor as possible. Uh, Rhodes talks about being connected to the game. Yep. That's it. That's what it is. Is it, and so th- I, I think the thing that's frustrating for him in particular is with the press. If if they're connected, if they feel good, if the mojo is happening, they execute it, and it's awesome. It is it is potent. But when when they don't feel good, uh, other teams are making shots, what have you. One, the press doesn't happen off of their own miss. That's and right. And then two. They just get slaughtered in their on-ball defense. I mean, they just—they're just. There's no resistance, and really, like being blunt about it, nobody's nobody's protecting the rim. They don't—they don't have that. Right. Well, there's there's the other element is this, and you asked you know you'd be interested to hear what I had to say about it. One thing that that I don't think people understand about sports, whether it's football or basketball. If one guy either can't or won't do it or is incapable of it, it fouls the whole thing up. It's amazing in football, if one guy can't grasp a play, you can't use the play. People say, oh, no, no. Believe me, if one guy fouls it up in practice repeatedly, you can't use it. Same thing in basketball. You could have four guys out there that are doing exactly what Mike wants, and if the fifth guy is lost, guess what? The whole thing, the yep. whole thing needs to be scrapped. And that's one of the problems yep. he has. He doesn't have enough guys where it's five guys doing doing what they need to on a consistent basis. He'll have one or two sometimes that are getting lost in what they're trying to do. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yep. No, hundred percent. And and you know, I think I think this is. I don't want this to sound more salacious than it is, but it's a it's a combination of don't know and don't want to. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just kind of the bottom line is he's got this collection of players this year that are are fascinating to me because you he had to he had to bring this roster together. So haphazardly, right? And and they they made every concerted effort to to pair the right to blend the right personalities and what what have you. But this this is this is what you have, right? Is is a team that has players who have talent for one reason or another that couldn't translate that talent to the floor at other stops, maybe are rising a level. Uh, you, you name it, right? You have all of these different situations, and if they had had a year, right? Like this is this is a year of experiences that you'll see whether or not they can parlay them into better things next year or not. But you're going to have missing ingredients from that. <laughs> There's certain right. pieces that aren't going to be here next year. They're not, they're not going to be playing for Penn State next year. No, I know. Uh, that. Even, and I already right? I have a pretty good idea which ones aren't. So yeah, so so it's it's just a it's just a fascinating dynamic right now. And the thing that I think 
you know, he's he's very measured with his words about it because you know, obviously, you don't want to lose a team, and you don't want you don't want guys to get frustrated. You still have two thirds of your, or excuse me, a third of your games to play. Right. But uh, the frustration is that there are there are the guys, the bodies on the roster to be able to execute. You've seen it. You've seen yep. it in a bunch of these mm-hmm. games. They yep. can play with just about anybody. Okay, you got run at Michigan State. Zach Eady does what he does. That That's going to happen, okay? But every other game that they've played this season, every single one, <laughs> truly, that they have been able to play with their opponents. But yep. they're just... They just don't have they don't have those shared experiences to be able to trust one another and execute. And, and when I say trust one another, that's on the floor with each other. That's that's the coaching staff. That's the direction that's being given to them. They don't have that trust built up, that scar tissue uh, to to be able to fight through it. Right. And and you're in a league right now which is jumbled. I mean, it's jumbled. Yep. I mean, they actually have, I mean, despite what happened the other night, they actually have opportunities coming up with a bunch of winnable games where, to me, they're 50-50 games. Now, you're playing on the road. They haven't won on the road yet, and they've got two of them this week. But there's not a significant, tremendous difference between the teams that they're playing and who they are right now, except for Correct. that shared experience part. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And again, I mean, I, I just think the the frustration that he's exhibiting now, and it's, and it's you know, he keeps it mellow. And, um, yeah. you know, I think he's he's trying to motivate as much as he can. Forget motivating through the media. It's not that. He, he's telling no. those guys the same thing to their face. Oh, I'm there. I mean, he's having those I'm same there. I see it. But what's that? I'm there. I hear it. I see it. So bully me. He's, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, so so you know you're trying to have that message, and it's just it just hasn't resonated. And so the 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 thing that I think uh, builds on the frustration is it's not it's not as though you just have mutts that you're trying to squeeze all of the juice out of. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. These guys, these guys can play. You got a bunch of them that can play, and, and certainly there are some limitations. They're going to get out rebounded. Those things are going to happen, um, right? You you understand some of those dynamics and the vulnerabilities and deficiencies that they have, but they also have some talented scores. They have some talent, um, you, you know, in, on the wings. They they have some shooters who haven't shot it, and. But the message that he keeps pounding home, and again, it's kind of under the radar, is, look, if, if you guys were willing to put in the work, you, you could meet that potential. But right. it, just, it just hasn't happened. They haven't quite got over that right. hump. And the lessons of the success, including what they did to Wisconsin, uh, the, the lessons of success, what they did against Ohio State at home, right? all of those lessons, both positive and negative, uh, you know, they just they haven't been able to to translate those into consistency. There's the other part too. You try to put together a team in 59 days, then when you finally get he- them here, there's a changeover in strength and conditioning because Greg Miskinis ended up taking the Notre Dame job. So Greg Golden's only been here what eight months? I mean, to this point. They have not put in really. I mean, they're only in the initial stages of putting in the type of strength and conditioning program that Mike needs to have in place for the style of play he wants to play. 
I, and you have to actually stack a couple of years in it because right now you have some guys that are decent-looking players, but they don't have, even as veterans, don't have Big Ten bodies yet. Yeah, and, and and I mean it's not just it's not just Big Ten bodies. It's the conditioning to be able to to move up and down the floor the way that exactly. Mike wants to, right? Yep. They they're just it's just it's just not there. It's just it's just a fascinating it, being seeing this over the last right the evolution of the program over the last what let's call it four or five years, right? So the end of Pat Chambers, the 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 fairy year, you, you got two years of Micah, and now this. Micah's first year, there weren't any players, right? He just didn't have a lot of guys. He had he had John Hara, who gave everything he had and more, right? But it was just right. it was about survival at that point, right? Uh, Micah goes to Notre Dame and takes well, yeah, well. Let, I mean, actually, let's be a little, a little fair about it. He still had Miles Dredd. He still had Seth Lundy to go with. Trick. Uh, to go with John Hara and then a developing Jalen Pickett, All right? So there was at least a a foundation there to set up the next year because the only guy of that group you're going to lose was John Hara. No doubt, but but we're still talking about four players, right? We didn't right. they didn't yeah. have they didn't have the complementing pieces. They didn't have the depth That's right. to be able to pull it off, and that played out over and over and over again yep. in the sense that they were close. They would put yep. up a fight, and they, they came yep. close a lot. But sure. they just they just didn't have that depth. This team actually does have depth. This team yep. does have some of those things, but the difference is, and it's again, it's just fascinating to me, Shrewsbury was able to go to Notre Dame and take three freshmen, right, the, these incoming freshmen, that would have made a world of difference, right? If if Rhodes could have, and he talked about it this summer, if he could have built and had a diversity of scholarship distribution on this yep. on this class on yep. the, uh, in this roster, things would be different. Right? If Evan Mahaffey is at Penn State right now, things would be different. Kevin Jai, uh, yep. but you like it's it's just a it's just a weird crossroads now for them because they have decisions to make as to. Are you the unknown of the portal got them into this spot that they're in right now? Yep. So you don't really want to go back to it. Mike Rhodes is a developmental guy. He's going to develop players. He's, like yeah. that's the way they want to build this, this program is they want to bring in freshmen, right? But you you've got immediate needs. They've got immediate things that they've got to resolve uh, in terms of size, some of the athleticism, and yeah, some of the some of the attitude stuff, some of the want to stuff. But they've got to be able to, to to bridge this transition between this year and finishing out this year strong, and try to take the guys who are on board and want to be part of it, and and get them to to, to make the next steps, uh, you know, for next season. I mean, there are certain programs that have been able to do okay when it comes to the transfer portal of doing things in mass, and I can understand wanting experienced players. But I think the way Mike wants to do it is the way he was doing at VCU. He wants to develop his own guys. Oh, and by the way, fill in a gap here and there. For example, he had a shooter out of the University of Hartford that played for him last year at VCU that helped him a lot. I mean, essentially, that's how Mike wants to build it. This past year was how he was forced to build it. Well, and and if you want a shining example of his development, look no further than, than Nick Kern. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Nick's been the great. Kid is, 
he's he's a different player, and he is he is the type of example of of what they can be, right? It's just it's just a matter you you need a team full of them. You need a team full of them, and you know for for one reason or another, they just they haven't been able to uh, to get there. But it's it's just again it's it's such a tantalizing group because it's not hopeless. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Not in the least. It's not in the least. But no. you, you know, I mean, people are down because they had a 15-point lead against a team that, you know, let's face it, you know, I think I still think they're better than. I mean, I think yeah. Minnesota's improved, but, you know, I mean, Penn State, you know, but it turned out that, you know, they, they hit a lot of shots in that game, and that made a big difference. And, you know, when you – I stated at the beginning of the second half, Dick, you have to make fifteen. You have to make fourteen twenty. You can't make fourteen five. Yep. That's how the start. Yep. That's how I started the second half. I said that, and what happened was Minnesota made fourteen five, and guess what? Then it became a big problem. Steve, you're 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 way more tuned to this than I am. Through ten minutes in the second half, the first ten minutes of the second half, Minnesota was scoring over two points per possession. Two point seven points per know. possession. I don't know that I've seen that. No, neither have we. Neither have we. I way. mean, it, it, it is ungodly. Like, it's unthinkable to allow that type of offensive efficiency. And, right, they just, they just, you know, they, they keeled over. But, I, I, it's, again, this conversation of, yeah, that happened, and they blew a big lead, and and all of that stuff happened. They they disconnected from the game. By the yep. time they turned it back on, it was too late. That's a fine argument. If Kanye Clary and Nick Kerner in that game in the last the three minutes, they got a shot. They have a shot. Maybe it doesn't it, go it, that it, way because it's a one point game. I mean, the game's yep. tied at seventy. I mean, it's not yep. like it's not, you know <clears throat> the end goes haywire because you don't have Kanye or Nick Kern out there, so you don't have Kerns as a defender. And Kanye is a potential finisher. I mean, you're losing 19 points a game at that point from one guy, and about seven a game there. You're losing 26 points a game between two guys and, and a guy that's one of your better defenders. Yep. Yep. So it's it's just this uh, this season of of interesting frustrations that they've had. But um, you know. I, I, if I was a betting man, and I am not, and obviously I don't bet on Penn State games, Oof. but are you going to bet against them at Rutgers against a, a two and six Rutgers team? No, of course not. I mean, a t- no. Rutgers, you know, I mean Rutgers thirteen point two offensive rebounds per game, two fifty eight offensively, and adjusted efficiency. Uh, that is only lost twice at home, but they don't put the fear of you know what into you. Yep, mm. not at all. It's just, it's just the first half, Penn State in that ten minute run where they go twenty two to two, uh, right? It took them, it took Penn State nine and a half minutes to get their first turnover from Minnesota the other night, right? That's that's, right. that's not by design. That's not right. So it, it wasn't even really twenty minutes of basketball. It was ten minutes of basketball, but those ten minutes were joyful. Like, like yeah, I can't right. describe it. It's it, it is it's it was the basket. epitome of what Mike Rose wants to do and what they're capable of doing. And it wasn't just because Kanye Clary 
was lighting it up that somebody got hot. It was the opposite of that. They right. played as a team. Yeah. They did, they did, and it was on both ends of the floor. I mean, they just dictated. They did everything right that they wanted to on offense and defense, but they just they can't sustain it. And and it's not and again, not a matter of can't sustain it. It's just being able to take some strides to develop this process to where they're able to do it for longer stretches and to not have as wide of lapses, as you said, right? To, to, to be able to, to not have, what was it at Purdue, 27 to 2? Right, yeah, got to be 15, 15 to four. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I lived, I lived through it. Yeah, yeah, it was twenty-seven to two. I lived through it. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right, my friend. Always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> the outstanding Nate Bauer on three dot com, Blue White Illustrated. Neil Kulong in the next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.